The following program is created for informational purposes only and does not constitute as medical advice. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the host. If you think you may have a medical emergency, consult your doctor. This is where the healing begins. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic, where it's not only about neck and back pain, but a place for whole body wellness. Listen this hour as Dr. Leanne is here to share her wellness education to help you live a maximized life. For more information, visit GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. Here's Dr. Leanne. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317-893-2853. That is 317-893-2853. Or you can always check us out, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That is greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. If you don't know about what we do at Greenwood family chiropractic it is different than the headache neck pain back pain community of chiropractors now all chiropractic is great if you're getting adjusted i love that it's good though we don't necessarily all do the same things so let me explain more specifically what we do in our office at greenwood family chiropractic is we look at whole body wellness. There are so often times that we address a symptom for just that, the root cause. Though that being said is that there are so many times that we see these symptoms and we address the symptoms, but no one's figuring out why the symptoms are there. Let me give you a very simple example. Say you get headaches and you say, yeah, but it's only when I'm, you know, females right around my cycle or, you know, I <laughs> I had um, a patient the other day and she was said, I got, I get headaches. And it wasn't high up on our list. It was kind of buried in the back of the paperwork. And I said, how often do you get headaches? She said, I don't really get them that often. I'm like, okay, on the average week, how many do you get? And she said, well, probably about one a week. I said, okay, so you get 52 headaches a year. She goes, oh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, you've normalized that one headache a week. Take some Advil, and then it's gone. But the cause, or Tylenol, ibuprofen, whatever, but the cause of that headache is not a lack of over-the-counter pain medication, right? So if the cause of the problem is not a lack of medication, then the question is, why is that the solution? And most people know it's not, it's a Band-Aid fix, right? There's a reason why your body's having headaches. It could be subluxation. There's pressure on the damage on the nerves in the base of your neck. It could be a loss of curvature. You've flattened that normal curvature because of your desk job. It could be that you haven't actually consumed any water in the last several days. But I did have tea and coffee and an energy drink. But you haven't actually consumed water. You know, just those aspects of getting down to the root cause. And we do that at Greenwood Family Chiropractic, really looking the five essentials. What are they? 
Max mind, stinking thinking, nervous system, right? Brain and spinal cord control everything. We looked at nutrition, the need for detoxification, as well as oxygen, lean muscle. Inevitably, our goal is always to get down to the root cause of the problem. And so that's, that's kind of where people come in and they're like, why do you start with nervous system? Well, because your brain and spinal cord are what control the organs. So you want to say, I only want to function on nutrition. But the problem is, is that maybe you have a lumbar scoliosis and your body's not utilizing or absorbing the nutrients that it should. Maybe you say, I want to detox my liver. But then the nerves are being compressed that go out to your liver and your liver isn't functioning properly. So many times when someone comes into my office, I will be able to inform them about the nervous system. There's often research in regards to the ailments about how chiropractic can help with it. But then the secondary component said, let's start. Let's just start with your nervous system. Let's pick our heads up in two to four weeks and then really evaluate where you're at. And there are some people who still want the additional functional medicine testing. And some people say, I have really feeling better and I don't necessarily think I need it in this moment. So it's kind of the opposite thinking of other functional medicine practitioners. Oftentimes, you know, it's a it's a larger retainer fee, a couple thousand dollars, and they say we're going to do all of this, you know, all these different things, and we'll just chunk away. And when we need another big chunk of a couple thousand dollars, we'll get back to you, right? But then to your like, but I'm still like, but it's spent all on the testing and not execution of a plan. And so inevitably, that's what our goal is at Greenwood Family Chiropractic, is figuring out the root cause. Are there additional testing that's often needed? Yeah, of course. But sometimes when we just start with the the nervous system, which is the, the central nervous system, brainstem, spinal cord, exiting nerves, it is very often that you will see maybe not full resolve or total resolution, but you will see movement in terms of positivity, in terms of healthcare. 317-893-2853. 317-893-2853. Today we are talking about blood sugar and insulin resistancy. Um, so we're going to dive down deep into that. But before that, let's talk about some news. Dr. Leanne's Health News. Some studies suggest that too much sugar can literally mess with the brain. Health News now, one of the world's most commonly prescribed medications. Maybe. Today, the average American consumes 22 teaspoons of sugar Protesters a day. Protesters say they just should not be forced to get this shot, not by the government. Today's health in the news, artificially sweetened ultra-processed foods linked to depression in women, study finds. So eating greater amounts of ultra-processed food and drinks, especially in those items that are artificially sweetened, may be linked to the development of depression according to a new study. So here are some examples of ultra-processed foods, margarine, ice cream, Packaged snacks, quote, fruit flavor drinks, cereal bars, cookies, instant sauces, meat and chicken extracts, healthy or, <laughs> quote, healthy or, quote, slimming products, such as powdered or fortified meals and dish substitutes, pre-made pies, pasta, pizza dishes, uh, poultry and fish that are in the form of nuggets or sticks, <laughs> sausages, burgers, Hot dogs, instant soups, noodles, desserts. This is unfortunately one where a lot of the uh, like weight loss 
ones, people are like, I lost 100 pounds. But you have to eat their prepackaged, um, ready-to-eat meals. And then when they get off of it, they end up going back up in weight, if not more. Those, those are kind of the french fries, sodas, donuts, ice cream, basically the standard American diet. The study suggests an association between consumption of ultra-processed foods and depression with an about 50% higher risk for those consuming nine portions a day or more, the top 20%, compared to those consuming four portions or less. Our study focused on the link between foods and subsequent risk of developing a new episode of depression. This comes from Andrew Tichan. He's a professor of medicine at Harvard Medical School. So he talks about there is also a possibility that individuals with chronic depression, ultra-processed foods can worsen their condition. So think about this. You have someone who's severely depressed and you're like, hi, the food that you're eating is actually contributing to your worsening depression. But that's the crazy part is that most doctors are not going to say, hey, you should try to eat less artificially sweetened and ultra-processed foods. So like, let's change your medication. Let's add on this secondary medication. It's found really good when you add it to the first. But no one's talking about the food that they actually put in their mouth. So what's the link? Why such foods can be associated with the onset of depression? For one, there's a known link between ultra-processed food and chronic inflammation. Inflammation is the root cause of many chronic diseases. For example, studies have linked ultra-processed foods to colorectal cancer in men and heart disease and early death in both men and women. Literally hundreds of studies link ultra-processed foods to obesity, cancer, cardiovascular disease, and overall mortality. This is from a 2022 interview that was done. 2014 study found a link between diet sodas and diet fruit drinks and depression. So all the time you're like, oh, it's fine. It's uh, sugar-free Mountain Dew. It's sugar-free Gatorade. That's the artificial sweeteners. People who use artificial sweeteners in their coffee and tea were also more likely to develop depression. There's also a link to dementia as well. If more than 20% of a person's daily caloric um, intake comes from ultra-processed food, the risk of cognitive decline rises by 28%. So for 2,000 calorie a day, that would be 400 calories. That's a small order of fries or regular cheeseburger from McDonald's. Those together total 530. There's also a link between ultra-processed foods and disruption of the gut microbiome. This is an important potential mechanism linking ultra-processed foods to depression since the emerging evidence that microbes in the gut have been linked with mood and their role in metabolizing and producing proteins that have activity in the brain. So they talk about it's not cause and effect. Um, it's also difficult to separate the link between um, depression and stress. And so they go on. But I think it's interesting. This adds, they talk about overall, authors um, appeared to have adjusted for a lot of these concerns, right? Sleep, menopause, um, pain, and they said there is a growing concern about artificial sweeteners and cardiometabolic health. So I thought it was really interesting because it's not all the time that you'll see something supporting the fact that what you put in your mouth has a direct effect on your brain. 
And so that's when what you put in your mouth can also have a direct effect on your blood sugar. So we'll dive down deeper into that next. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. Hear full shows on the podcast link at freedom95.us. Here's Dr. Leanne. Welcome back. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That's greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Today, we are talking about blood sugar. Interestingly enough, I had chatted with a patient in the office more recently, and she had told me that she had some issues going on with her eyes. And so the first thing that I asked was, um, when was the last time you had lab work to have your fasting blood sugar and A1C tested? And so she just said, I'm not in a while, like I'm eating really well, and um, that's great, right? Because... That's something that we want to see. But she said, what does that have to do with my eyes and what I talked to you about? And I said, well, hold tight. Let me grab an article so that you can just see. And there's multiple research articles. So I just kind of grabbed one. But it talked about this specific kind of eye condition and blood sugar. So she said, well, why didn't my eye doctor or my other doctor tell me about this? And I was like, I don't really know. It's just one that, I, okay, so I'll listen to this. I will never forget. I will never forget. I haven't, I used to share this with people all the time. This is so good. When we were, probably because this is, it's a long time ago. So when I was through chiropractic school, right? So chiropractic school is not like this weekend course, like people often think that it is. It is not. It is a four-year program following a full uh, undergraduate degree. So boards are a big deal. They're very expensive. And it doesn't matter if you are straight A's. Your entire college, entire graduate school, if you don't pass boards, you cannot be a doctor. And it's not like you can just take this test whenever you want to. What happens is you can only take it like twice a year. So it's kind of a big deal if you want to get, I don't know, you're licensed as a doctor of chiropractic. Now being that these tests are so very expensive and they have such a magnitude on your success in life, if you desire to do that, which most people are because they're in chiropractic school, there are training courses. So kind of these like prep courses, if you will, that you think like SAT, MCT, M MCAT, typically big tests, LSAT, you have preparation courses so they had this for boards in chiropractic and I will never forget that um, during one of these courses they said if you read 
that there's a patient who comes in and they have super odd symptoms and they're so like nothing really makes sense. If you look on that multiple choice and there is something that has to do with diabetes or blood sugar, you choose that every single time. And I was like, huh, because they're like, sugar will eat away at everything. It knows no bounds. It is one of the most toxic. You think it can affect your, like neuropathy is associated with it. You lose limbs because of it. You lose vision if you have diabetic retinopathy. It can detach your retina. All of those things. And so it's just one. But the problem is, is that people typically only feel when your blood sugar gets low. Now, I will speak to this personally. I <laughs> I have not always lived a very healthy lifestyle. The last, you know, 20 years I have, maybe like 15. Chiropractic school, I was like, listen, you're either going to do this or don't, but it doesn't make sense to do this if you're not going to live the healthy lifestyle with it. But like college, I made, I was a college kid who was making college kid choices. So I was having the cheesy gordita crunch as a fourth meal. I was making very poor decisions, like all the things. And so when I moved to chiropractic school and I committed that here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make decisions that make me healthier. So I first started, <laughs> this is crazy saying it out loud. This is, but I am, I'm sharing. So when I first started, I would do smoothies in the morning. And I would make the smoothie and I would drink it. In my walk to class in chiropractic school was probably 10, 15 minutes, depending on the pace that I walked. It wasn't very far. So by the time I could find parking on campus, it didn't make sense to park my car because it took just as much time just to walk. So by the time I would walk and get on campus, I would feel like I was going to pass out. It was a mixture. My belly felt super nauseous. I had a headache. I was sweating. I was clammy. And I was like, I'm going to pass out. So I would, <laughs> I would walk to the cafeteria on campus and I would grab a breakfast sandwich. Somehow I thought the croissant ones were more healthier than the biscuit ones. So I would grab a croissant breakfast sandwich nonetheless and I would eat it and I'd be fine. And so it took me a couple years to realize why that was happening. And so in my smoothie itself, I was putting fruits and, you know, it was probably some spinach or kale. But I didn't have a whole lot of good healthy fats and I didn't have a whole lot of proteins to keep me full. So really, the fruits that I was probably putting in, I can't even remember, bananas or whatever, would probably spike. And then what would happen is then I would plummet down. Well, again, I wasn't feeling the spike, but I could very much feel when there was a decrease in my blood sugar. And so that's usually where people are like, oh, my blood sugar is low. So most people, when they come in, they'll say, well, I'm a hypoglycemic. Like, I have to have candy. Number one, yes, low blood sugar is a real issue. There's more natural ways to increase your blood sugar. But there's oftentimes things that people aren't doing that they realize might be increasing their blood sugar either insulin so those are ones where when you have these high high highs and low lows and these kind of ebbs and flows that go throughout the day it is very often that those highs 
and lows, our goal is to inevitably balance them, if that makes sense. Our goal is realizing that there's an important of healthy blood sugar levels. So really the maintaining of your blood sugar levels is one of the critical aspects. That's also going to help you avoid some of the pre-diabetic, diabetic, but then more so than anything, the health-related issues that comes with unmanaged. I always think it's great. You can actually, I was just looking the other day. There, If you feel like you see those highs and lows, I would tell you that one of the best things that you can do is get your own tester. Just pricking your finger stink, Ugh, maybe, but it's still better than long-term, right? Like unrelated to blood sugar, pre-diabetes and diabetes, when you have unstable blood sugar levels, it increases your risk of heart disease, stroke, kidney failure, liver issues, vision loss, and other health issues. So when we look at the big picture things you think is a prick on your finger a couple times a day that leads to a sore finger, really that bad. <laughs> and so fasting blood sugar, that looks like right when you first get up before you consume anything. You can do it following breakfast, lunch, dinner. I had a patient who would often do it when he got home from work at the end of the day. So inevitably, um, when your blood sugar drops lower, that is one that we consider hypoglycemic that's typically under 70. So that's one where you feel it a little bit more when it typically does that. Now, um, optimal range is where you don't have those highs and lows. So typically, if you're just tuning in and you're listening to Maximize Your Life, I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter. So more talking about optimal blood sugar and insulin balance. That poor balance is what you feel when it drops down. Now, mind you, there is very much one that you can have a problem with very low. Once blood sugar drops too low, that's one where um, you almost see like effect of their brain, confusion, blurred vision, um, seizures, difficulty speaking. So I had a friend who was type 1 diabetic and she would walk around with candy in her purse. And she was like, nope, I know that this is the candy that I need to get my blood sugar up. But the problem is, is again, it's not a natural raise. So you can look at apples, oranges, grapes. I will say like not everyone just walks around with a bag of grapes in their pocket for when their blood sugar goes low. So her, in her defense, it was the stability and the longevity of the candy. But I said, what about an apple? Like a whole apple can stay good. You can like put it in your car. Don't forget about it because then it will smell. Um, but I used to, I, I had a lot of highs and lows when I was pregnant. Like it might drop in very quickly. And those are ones, if you've ever been there, you're like, well, this is somewhat emergent, you know? So I'm not going to like get in my car and drive to the store. But I was able to keep an apple in my car. I didn't cut it up. And I could just bite on the apple. And you have that natural fructose. And that's actually one of the better things. Fructose itself is a blood sugar spiker. But because of the fact that it also is incorporated with fiber, that's one where you don't see that like drop down as well. So we're not in these like super highs and super lows. Now, over the course of time, when you have these high highs and low lows, and the more we expose ourselves to sugar, how the process of insulin works is that 
when your body is exposed to sugar and then sugar is increased in the bloodstream, the body's like, oh, I don't want that hanging out everywhere. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to help escort it. So there's insulin receptors on cells. And so the sugar says insulin's like, hey, I'm going to come like move this cell. And that's what insulin does. Insulin acts as a key to fit into the cell receptor and allows sugar and glucose to move from the bloodstream into the cells. And then it uses it as energy. But the problem is, is that because insulin is a, is important. It's um, it's producing your pancreas. It helps your cells absorb and utilize sugar. If you have insulin resistance, that means that your body is unable to respond to use the insulin produced in your body. So this means that your fat and your muscles won't be able to easily absorb or use your blood sugar. It drives your pan- pancreas to overwork and increase the release of insulin, trying to make up for your body's weak response to insulin. It's like, oh gosh, we just probably need more in order to function properly. Um, then and so then what happens is the beta cells in your pancreas won't be able to keep up with the excess insulin. So it's like pancreas, 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 pancreas. So then that leads to blood glucose increasing. So your blood sugar increases. So those are ones the two numbers that we'll often look at for that is A1C. A1C is a longer version. So that's looking at like 90 days where fasting blood sugar is typically like 30. My husband got lab work done and he was, um, I can't remember if he had like a cookie or a little bit of ice cream the night before. And he was like, oh my gosh, my blood's going to look the worst. And I'm like, I think you'll be fine. I don't think one thing of cookies, not thing, and by thing I mean like package, not like one package of cookies, like one or two cookies isn't going to do it. A couple, like a scoop of ice cream isn't going to do it because your body is not used to that. When your body over the course of time has this continual external stressor where it's like insulin, 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 pancreas is tired, insulin, insulin, that's where it starts to show up. One bowl of ice cream is not going to produce insulin resistant. One or two cookies is not going to produce insulin resistance. Though over the course of time, that is where we inevitably see a lot more of the symptoms, but then too health-related. So did you know that unmanaged diabetes and elevated blood sugar may increase the severity of viral infections like COVID-19? I'll tell you what the study is next. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic. Here's Dr. Leanne. Welcome back. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853. 317-893-2853. GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. That is GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Today we're talking blood 
glucose with a little bit of insulin. (laughs) Oh, man. Now, most people don't, we judge health on feel, right? And most people don't feel that their blood sugar might be out of whack. Most of the time, we as individuals only really feel when our blood pressure is either low or very, very, very high. So I do feel like it's one, if you feel like you experience symptoms of low or if you feel a little bit off, it's a really easy one you can grab with most of the CBS, Walgreens, I'm sure like Walmart probably has it. I don't think that they're very expensive, but it's just really simple and easy. And I don't, especially if you look in a couple of days, your numbers look pretty good, then that's great. But if you're experiencing, especially like metabolic processes, I, I do feel like it's an easy one. It's hard like for you to test your, like you wouldn't be able to test your cholesterol at home. There are home monitors now for blood pressure, though some of them are more accurate than others, but blood sugar is blood sugar is blood sugar. I have figured out how to do that at home, and you can track to really see if this is something. What I find so oftentimes is that there is uh, research that has been done about individuals who have unmanaged blood sugar and what that does inevitably to their overall health diabetes itself, right? So diabetes is where blood sugar becomes unmanaged. If you're pre-diabetic, maybe it's not to this extent, but the goal is to say, if we know that diabetes damages blood vessels and increases the risk of heart attack, stroke, chronic kidney disease, vision loss, if it's pre-diabetic, it's before that, and we can manage it more appropriately. One of the research articles that I thought was really interesting, it was actually published by uh, Frontiers in Endocrinology. It was published July of 2022. So this is not an old research study, and you'll see why in a minute. The article itself was highlighted in Pharmacy Times, which who knew I would be reading something from there. But it talked about unmanaged diabetes as a key factor in COVID-19 severity and complications, particularly among Hispanic and Latino population. And so what they found was that when diabetes was left untreated, that they had seen that there was an increase in terms of the severity of COVID-19. So when you're like, oh, it's really not that big of a deal, it is, it, it truly is. Now, when we talk about kind of the aspect of what we can do from a more now, okay, so number one, how do we how do we manage this, right? Like, let's let's talk about that. We know it's bad from a health related standpoint. How do we manage? Number one, know your numbers. It is a very simple aspect that you can track yourself if you know that you have a history of, or if you have a family history, but you guys eat the same. If it's not a family history, but maybe your spouse has it and you guys are eating the same, just because you don't know a number doesn't mean that the number isn't important. You might look at it and say everything looks normal, and that's great. Or you might look and say, oh, goodness, like I didn't realize how bad it was. I have several patients in the office who one of them actually did functional medicine testing, and I had gotten a uh, message from the lab company saying, hey, there's actually a lot of different biomarkers that we can't process through 
from the sheer standpoint that this patient's blood sugar is so unmanaged that it's affecting all of the readings on her cell cycle. And they're like, more than anything, you need to check on this patient and make sure they're okay. And she was like, yeah, I'm fine. Why? Yeah, yeah, I'm supposed to be taking some blood sugar medication, but I'm not. I'm like, I don't know what your numbers are, but the the fact that I've never gotten a call from the lab with this concern is one you need to do what your doctor told you. There is a time and a place for medicine. You know, so it just it was a very interesting aspect where, number one, we have to start taking out things that spike our blood sugar. So sometimes we say that's not sugar. But when we look at the load of the glycemic index, I was at this past weekend, I was speaking at an event. I got to speak in front of almost a thousand chiropractors, CAs, and I was at a restaurant and someone, um, a patient said, hey, I have diabetes. Can I have this bread? We were like asking someone who works there and they're like, "Uh, I don't know. And he was like, you know, she was like, well, there's no sugar in it, but it's fermented. There's three ingredients, but they use standard flour. It was like King Arthur flour. And in my brain, I'm like, that that flour breaks down into sugar. So though there might not be any sugar in it, it's what affects your blood sugar levels. It's different. Will sugar affect your blood sugar? Yes, but so will carbohydrates. And so I'm just like, I mean, if he manages his diabetes, he'll find out one way or another because he'll notice that there's a really large blood sugar spike that happens after he consumes it. There's this guy on social media that I had seen before. Um, I haven't seen anything recently, but it was really interesting because he'd watch these blood sugar spikes that happen. So he'd eat something and then he'd wait, you know, two hours and then he would test his blood sugar again and then he would test it two hours after and you'd watch this kind of blood sugar spike that would happen on different foods like if he had rice or if he had bread or if he had you know what they consider ketogenic bread it would still spike his blood sugar or you know so it was just really interesting to kind of see so number one we have to stop consuming foods so oftentimes that we think more natural sweeteners though in a good better best scenario are a better aspect then artificial sweeteners, I would say I would 100% go without consuming anything. I more recently was duped into thinking I had a product. I was good to check the ingredients. It was sweetened with like monk fruit and stevia. And so I got like another product that's the same thing. Like one was uh, this kind and another one, same thing, same bar, just like a different kind. And I had a girlfriend over and she was like, oh, I've never seen those. And I was like, yeah, they're so great. And I went through all the stuff. She was like, you know that there's artificial sweeteners in here. And I said, stop it. Are you serious? She was like, yes, look. And I'm like, no. I was so surprised. And I was like, well, I'm going to throw it away. (laughs) Like it's super toxic. I'm not going to consume them. But I got tricked. So, um so artificial sweeteners are just a 100% definite hard no. Though that being said, I think sometimes we don't pay attention to the things that will naturally spike it. Honey has a lot of really great benefits. It's more natural. Agave, the way that they process it, I stay away from agave. It's highly processed and it does spike your glycemic index. So in a good, better, best scenario. Now, what are some of, are there anything that we can do? Uh, Number one, I'm actually working right now on getting a product made for my office. Um, I'm not going to tell you what it is yet, but one of the components will be berberine. Uh, Berberine is 
Chinese Ayurvedic medicine, it has been shown to help tons with healthy blood sugar levels and insulin resistance. Now, when I tell you about herbs, remember, if you put anything in your mouth, you need to make sure it is either GMP or NSF certified. It this is not this is not one where we're like, oh yeah, I found this one on Amazon and it's the best. I just saw there was a thing I should post it. There was just a thing about one of the companies recently selling on Amazon that literally was like, hi. Stop buying stuff on Amazon. Don't buy stuff on Amazon because someone went, took it, added all this extra stuff. And so people were really mad about this product supplement on Amazon. And it wasn't really them. It was a third party that was distributing through like their products. And so, yeah, mm -mm. no, thank you. Plus two, it sits in a hot warehouse, all the things. It's very interesting. A 2014 research study found that berberine, can benefit those with diabetes who can't take anti-diabetic medication due to their heart, kidneys, lungs. Um, but that with a lifestyle change helps with blood sugar levels. I feel as if cinnamon has been talked about kind of a lot. We use cinnamon in our on our everyday cooking, our pancakes, if we're doing smoothies in the morning. Though that being said, not all cinnamon is created equal. Now, there's two types of cinnamon that you'll probably have heard of. Chances are, if you were to look at something that just says cinnamon on it and there's no differentiation, it is likely cassia cinnamon. Uh, cassia cinnamon has like a stronger, sweeter smell and taste. And that's usually what people, it's a cheaper one, um, the way that they process it. But there's not as many health benefits when it comes to cinnamon. Ceylon cinnamon, so it's C-E-Y-L-O-N, Ceylon cinnamon is a superior of quality to cassia. So Ceylon cinnamon is actually known as true cinnamon. True cinnamon. What was interesting when I was diving down, because I have always just kind of known, I probably heard about, read somewhere that Ceylon cinnamon is the better of the two. So when you look, there's two cinnamons. It might be a dollar or two extra, but what was really interesting is that the more research I did and actually the understanding from an anti-inflammatory standpoint, from an antioxidant standpoint. But two, most people don't know when it comes to cassia cin cinnamon in higher doses, there's more of a component that can be dangerous and have effects. So if you're just doing like a shake or two, Right, like literally like a out of your cinnamon shaker, you're probably not going to see as much of this. Though that being said, Ceylon cinnamon, remember C-E-Y-L-O-N, is less of the toxic. Um, Kumarin, I think, is the name of the, um, when they talk about toxicity load. It's toxic to humans. <laughs> no big deal. Small dose is better where... Um, Ceylon cinnamon has almost none of it. That's why they consider Ceylon cinnamon to be true cinnamon. But when you're looking at like a blood sugar, um, goodness, cholesterol meta-study analysis published in the Annals of Family Medicine Journal found that cinnamon reduced overall cholesterol, reduced LDL levels, uh, reduced triglycerides by raising HDLs. So there's quite a bit. So not all cinnamon is created equal. The other thing, too, that I always think, and this is not necessarily 
an herb recommendation is that when you exercise, right, because this is where we look at the five essentials, when you exercise, one of the first things that you're going to burn is excess sugar. It's excess sugar. That's why often there are some exercise, I don't want to call them like gurus, or exercise thought processes that people will encourage is that they'll do fasting cardio. So what does that mean? That means that they won't eat before they work out. It sounds crazy, but honestly, it's what I prefer I know that there's health benefits, but like once I eat breakfast, my stomach's like blah, and my body's like, I don't really care about moving anymore. So that's why I'll often work out really early in the morning. One, because it's like, hey, if you don't have a whole lot of sugar to burn through because you just woke up and your fasting blood sugar should be low and not very high, what it does is it burns through sugar first. And then if there's not sugar to burn through, then it's like, hey, I need some fuel. I'm going to burn through fat. So that's the aspect of fasted cardio that oftentimes people will utilize. But just exercising overall. First training doesn't have to be this crazy CrossFit workout. But when you do those HIIT training, the high-intensity interval training, it makes your blood sugar go down faster. Funny fact, funny story, I guess. When I was pregnant, I never did the glucola. I didn't care for the more toxic ingredients that were in there so I still followed some recommendations but it's 50 grams of sugar which is kind of a lot and you have five minutes to consume it and then what I did is I did walking uh, lunges up and down the hall so like moderately pregnant just walking lunges or air squats because I'm like I'm gonna burn this sugar off like I'm gonna burn it off fast number one because I don't want it in my body number two because it makes me feel junky number three I will pass this test and I did with flying colors because it was just one where like yes gestational diabetes is a real thing yes there's other things they need to monitor yes can I feel like the systems might be better am I recommending you do it yes yes follow your practitioner recommendation but there's different sources of glucose or fructose to consume so it's just that aspect of like what can we do because overall health functions rely on it so you can you can do cinnamon and you can do all of these hit training but like what if we just stopped putting that sugar or affecting the glycemic index that's inevitably the ultimate goal so Hopefully you learned a little bit of something. I always appreciate it. Make sure you check out our website, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. Schedule an appointment, 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853. Look forward to next week, but always remember that your power is on you.